when a person walks into the tiny tassel, what will they see? They will see joy in a store. <laughs> um, and we hear that quite a bit from our customers. They walk in, whether they've shopped from us online or followed along on social media for years, or it's their first time ever hearing of us, they walk in and it's almost like a collective gasp from our customers. Like they feel the happiness, the joy. They see the big rainbow painted on the wall, all the pink around the store. And they almost feel like a warm welcome coming into our store. Mimi Striplin's The Tiny Tassel, accessories, clothing, gift boutique is nestled in the heart of downtown Charleston, right at the corner of Spring and St. Philip Streets. What makes this area so special? It's so quaint. It's made up of all locally owned businesses, which makes it more unique, more special. Um, all the restaurants are really great, locally owned, small businesses as well. And you can find a little bit of everything. Like there's our boutique, there is an ear piercing shop across the street from us, mm -hmm. a great sandwich shop, the past. And you also find um, so many locals as well, living, working in the neighborhood, just taking their dogs for walks and stopping into the shop. It's just a really nice mix of what Charleston has to offer. And eight years ago this month, the 2014 graduate of the College of Charleston started making and selling earrings she designed on her website. A tiny tassel on the ear caught the eye of the public. All right, next up, Tiny Tassel. The owner is Mimi Strickland. I'm actually wearing one of her necklaces right now. Mimi takes us back to the beginning of her business. How did the Tiny Tassel originate? What was the key idea that is essential thing that sparked this idea in Mimi? Yes, so one of my sisters, she is now our CFO, her name's Aiko, but she's always been like the typical older sister who's like super practical, saves her money, and I begged her for a pair of hot pink tassel earrings from a shop that I loved, and she gifted them to me one year, um, about eight or nine years ago for my birthday, and when she gave them to me in typical older sister fashion. She was like, you know, you could have made these right. Ah. And something sparked in me okay. and kind of lit a fire inside of me to tap into that creative side. And I always felt like I was the least artistic out of my family because my mom was like designing and making clothing. My sisters could pick up a paintbrush and like paint anything. And I never had that artistic um, sense. Mm -hmm. And to now like own and operate and design and have this really creative business. It's almost ironic in a way um, for me, but I fully embraced it and leaned into the tassel earrings. There was hardly anyone else really leaning into it except for I would see this pair of like $900 Oscar de la Renta beaded tassel earrings and they haunted me. And mind you, I was like a year out of college. I could not afford those earrings mm -hmm. and had no business like purring after those earrings. And <laughs> I just thought like, wow, tassel earrings are so beautiful. They're such a statement. They're so unique. And I wanted to create a way that people like myself could have an accessible way to have that same style or similar style 
but with a twist and be able to kind of add a pop of color to any outfit. And from the tassel earring, it grew from there to bracelets, necklaces. My mom started designing and making clothing that we sell and it's evolved into something so much bigger than just the tiny tassel that it started with. And it's been really, really special to see how we've been able to support other female entrepreneurs, support other black women and their businesses and create so much more of a community and looking back we're celebrating eight years this summer but looking back to that first summer that I started making at my kitchen table I would have never imagined that it would become what it is today. Well and that first pair of earrings did you actually make the earrings you know design it and then physically manufacture the earrings or did you still rely on someone else to do that part? No I made them and I kind of surprised myself I think I was shocked that they actually turned out and looked Mm -hmm. like an earring, too. Um, And that was super encouraging to to be able to feel like, wow, I actually made this thing that I can wear and I can share it with friends. And so I started wearing them all the time in different colors. And people started asking, like, where did you get those earrings? What are those earrings? Mm -hmm. And I started gifting them to my sisters, my friends, and we were all wearing them and there was kind of attraction that started to grow around this little tassel earring. And I started um, just making more colors. I would go on the internet and look up different tutorials and crafting videos and learn how to really perfect the tassel and add different beads and styles and different threads and things. And it's been really cool that now, even eight years later, we have a jewelry maker that's been on our team for about two years now, and she still hand makes every single piece of tassel jewelry. That's really impressive. And you, again, indicate that it's been several years, but I think some people feel as if it's been an overnight success, but I'm sure there were many nights when you didn't get any sleep at all and many days when you worked, you know, 24-7. Oh, gosh, yes. I say we were like a five-year overnight success, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that. And um, just like many other entrepreneurs who have said that or have that said about their businesses, we know that we've been working day in and day out to really stay consistent, even when people weren't showing up and supporting the business or buying from the business, um, to continue to put in the work to build out the systems and the structures and the not so cute things about running a whole business. And it's been really rewarding over the last three years, especially to receive recognition and to see the hard work starting to pay off in different ways. And I think even before all of the media mentions and press features and things, I felt really fulfilled in what I was doing because I knew that I was creating a space um, where I could welcome other people in to show up authentically as themselves and wear the fun, bold statement jewelry or wear the really cute colored dress or just truly um, walk into a store, whether it was online or in person, and feel like this place was made for me mm-hmm. because I never felt that before. And I knew that I wanted to create a space where I could welcome other people in to feel that. And I think I told you, Mimi, when we met, I grew up in that part of downtown Charleston, just a few um, houses away from where you are right now. It really is a very special part and a special area of the community. When you decided on a brick and mortar, is this what you envisioned for the Tiny Tassel? 
It definitely is. I always dreamt of having a boutique in the city that I live that I could walk to, ride my bike to, and be a part of the community. Like, I wanted my boutique to be that neighborhood store, even though we don't sell groceries or food in Mm -hmm. that sense. But to be that neighborhood shop where you go in and you pick up a greeting card to send to your mom for her birthday, or you come in and pick out a gift to treat yourself if you have a like great day or a great interview for work. And it's really become that where customers come to us from all different parts of the world and they come in and just find a little more joy and they're ready and willing to like celebrate the tiny things with us, which is what we love to do at our shop. Was it difficult building a team? Because I imagine it requires that you be vulnerable at times because you're going to have to trust people who you believe are as dedicated to your mission and to your brand? Gosh, I think building the team has been the hardest and easiest all at once. Um, It has been something that's been so challenging. It has required me to grow and to evolve and to think like a leader and to act as a leader and to show up in that way. Um, It's made me kind of step back and think about what does success look like for each team member? What are the expectations that they have to meet? Um, And my family, my sister, who I mentioned is our CFO. She works from Dallas, so she's remote with our team. And my mom is here in Charleston and designs our clothing and has just started designing some of our jewelry with the team and started to take over that part from my plate. And it's been really special to know that I have such a great support system, but we also are a retail shop and we face lots of turnover, just like many others. And it can be really discouraging sometimes when you've put in so much time and energy um, training and doing the teachings and all of that and investing not only your time but money into a team and building it and it not work out but Mm -hmm. to know that each of those um, instances was such a learning lesson it's invaluable it allows me to move forward as our leader and kind of learn from that and see where we need to go and how we can grow from that Mm I'm sure that's really difficult. And that's something we don't see, you know, it looks easy. It looks like it has all come together very easily and flawlessly. But I imagine just like any other business, um, you know, you face some challenges. And that's exactly what you just described. Yes. And I think the hardest thing, just thinking back to when I first started to grow a team and build a team was first managing different personalities. Mm -hmm. I um, live by myself. I don't have children. I don't have a spouse right now. And so I get to live in silence for most of the time Mm -hmm. if I choose. And walking into an office with multiple people and multiple personalities and lives and emotions, it really took a toll on me at first because you have to draw a fine line of like, how do I care for them as their employer, their boss, their leader, but also still remember that they're humans and that their lives matter and that we're here to support them in any way. But managing different personalities and things has now become my favorite part of my role because I get to just tap in and learn from them and see what makes them tick, kind of see their quirks, know their favorite songs, and it's been so much fun. Mimi, what signals success to you? Mm, that's a good question. It's changed over the years. 
Um, sometimes it changes weekly. Mm-hmm. Like some days, success looks like me getting into bed at 9 p.m. And <laughs> not tonight. And, <laughs> I know. Not tonight, and I'm grateful like, for your time. <laughs> <laughs> this will feel like a success in a different way. But some days it looks like seeing our name um, amongst other really incredible female founded brands and being recognized and being shared and supported and other times success looks like being able to take a day off and not feel like my business is going to crumble because I'm not doing any everything and all the things um, to keep it running Mm -hmm. and to have a team now is such a success to me to be able to support these women and know that my business is not only impacting my life, but it's impacting theirs financially and it's supporting them and their families. And success is just such a thing that I keep coming back to because I've realized that no matter how much money, how many awards, how many accolades truly to be able to take a step back and say, I feel joy in this work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest measure of success. And of course, there are days where I am like stressed out or mm-hmm. having a really hard day or crying or whatever. And it's not to say that I still can't find joy in those days because I try my hardest to, but just to be able to be grounded in a more peaceful place and still be running this business that is able to support others. And it's just such a cool feeling and cool experience now to think of success in that way. I know that your family is a very big part of your success and your joy. Tell me more about your parents. And I believe you have a sister and how they factor into what you do and why. Yes. So I actually come from a pretty large family. I am the youngest of seven daughters. Oh, my goodness. And I know. um, And there's a pretty large age gap that happens. But my parents were both entrepreneurs. My dad was a bail bondsman my entire life. And so saw what entrepreneurship looked like there. He gave me my very first job. I think when I was 12 years old, I used to have to pick up the phone on Saturday mornings and call his clients and say, excuse me, this is how much money you owe. And they oh my gosh. My face. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can pick up the phone and call anyone. And I'm so grateful for that. And on the other hand, my mom, she moved here to the United States from Tokyo a little over 30 years ago. And she was self-employed. She had an alteration shop my entire life. And she has a design background. And it was really, really humbling. Um, at times really like scary to watch my parents be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so all of my life I thought, I want to go to college. I want to get a job. I want to just have security with money, with times that I'm clocking in and out. And that's what led me to a corporate communications degree. And it was only about a year out of college that I was managing a men's clothing store here in town and thought, this is not what life should be like for me right now. Like, I want more out of my life. And I would have never guessed that it would be an entrepreneurship, even though I always had this kind of faraway dream of opening my own boutique because I love fashion, I love shopping, I love cute things. And my parents both told me, 
they were like, it was in your blood. Like we knew you would be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. out of all the kids. Like we knew it would be you. And so it's really special to have it all come full circle and get to kind of repaint the picture of entrepreneurship. I know that the times have changed. Um, We have a lot of resources at our fingertips, even just with the internet. Um, We're able to market our businesses digitally now versus like back in the 90s. It was the yellow pages. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful that I'm able to be hopefully an encouragement to other entrepreneurs that are coming alongside me and after me to show them like, yes, entrepreneurship is hard, but you can do it and you can create a joyful life while doing it. I wonder if another key to your success has been your image, the use of your persona, your face and your marketing. It reminds me a lot. Here I go with the shameless name drop, Oprah Winfrey, who I had a chance to interview as well. And Oprah talked about the fact that she only used herself in her magazine. Sometimes you'll see her dogs with her. But on the the old magazine, it was just Oprah. And you do the same thing. Yes, it wasn't intentional at first, and I remember being very, very clear on not wanting to be the face of the brand, and now looking back, I think that was just fear creeping in, and um, just really, I think some onset things from just society, and being a female, and being a woman of color, and there was some imposter syndrome that was setting in in the early days that told me, like, no, you don't need to be the face of this brand, and when I finally leaned into it, I was so encouraged by our photographer, Serena Singleton. Um, She's now one of my best friends, and I remember when I first met her, she was like, hey, you said you have a business, but why don't I see you anywhere on your website or on your social media? And I just thought, oh, because that's just the way it is. Like, people are here to buy the tassels. Mm-hmm. They're not here to buy me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, you need to connect, and people need to see who is behind this business, who's designing, who's creating. And it was with many, many pushes from her that I finally started to lean into it. And We have had other models, other people in our community step in and be in some of our photos, and it's been so fun to have them included. And during COVID, we were having to be super precautious, and we went back to just photographing me. And from there, we saw that people were really connecting with the brand because they felt like they could see themselves in the brand, Um, they could connect with me personally, And it's been one of those conversations that we've had many times, even this week, we were like, okay, do we bring other people back into this marketing, into the branding? And I've certainly had some times where I have felt like I want to throw in the towel and just be the CEO and kind of be hidden away somewhere because it can be really hard at times to be in the public light because, of course, a lot of positive comes from that, but also some negative. Mm -hmm. But I think all in all, it's been really, really special for me personally to show other women of color, like, you can stand tall, you can stand proudly with your business and you can show up and just be a place of like safety and a place that represents other women that may not feel seen in this industry and show them that like, yes, this is possible. 
Mimi, you unabashedly support women entrepreneurs, business owners. You just talking about that, how you've invited some people to be a part of your image and in talking about the tiny tassel. Why is that something you lean into? It's so important because I don't think my business would be as successful as it is and as well known as it is today if I didn't have the support from other female entrepreneurs, other women in the community, even like yourself. And it's been really special just in our storefront and in our online shop alone that we get to support other female founders, other black women, Asian women, and carry their products and tell their stories. Because I will say in downtown Charleston and in the neighborhood where we are, when I opened the brick and mortar, it was not super accessible for someone like me who was young, who was single who was a woman of color to be able to obtain a property like this and in the location Mm -hmm. and not feel just riddled down with the overhead costs of rent and of operating a business in person and so when we opened the store I knew that I had to welcome in other female founders brands so that we could share their stories too whether or not they want to have a brick and mortar or not we knew that we would show up in our community to be a space where people could come and find it and support them as well. Mimi, let's talk about some of your professional and personal goals. So what do you see yourself, and it's a big question, next year, five years from now, and maybe even 10 years, I'm sure it changes very often, but right now, if you can consider, you know, those time frames, what might we see next year from you? Yes, this used to be such a hard question for me to answer. And it's because I truly couldn't see past the next day or the next week because I was so um, in the business, like working in it every day instead of working on it. And over the last year, I have been working with a business coach to really understand like what vision would I like to have for my life, for my vision? What does it all look like? And it's actually taken me into that role of a business coach. And I think back to a few years ago, friends would call me or text me and ask questions and say, well, what do you think about this? How did you handle this in your business or with your team? And I just thought it was a normal thing that I could do. But then I leaned into it and thought like, wow, I really find so much fulfillment and encouragement in being able to pour into these other female entrepreneurs and share with them so that they don't have to learn the hard way, Mm -hmm. like in some cases that I did. And so past year and moving into the next year, um, my sister and I are actually working on launching our company later this summer where we will show up as a resource for female entrepreneurs and provide business coaching strategy, um, everything from bookkeeping to branding. And we'll be partnering with some really incredible female entrepreneurs to do that. And we also talk about another storefront for the Tiny Tassel. Um, You may have noticed, but we call our Charleston store our flagship. And we did that on purpose because we never wanted to box ourselves in in any way. And we thought, let's kick it off and like go big or go home and just call it our flagship and see where business and life takes us over the next five years. And we 
would love to open another storefront and have it be based in Dallas, Texas. Um, we've got a really incredible customer base there, and I just love the city, and my sister lives there. And so, so many really cool things on the radar for us, but truly really for now, it's like this summer is a summer of finding rest for me and <laughs> doing that like shamelessly and <laughs> encouraging others around me to do the same thing. And so I'm really grateful that I can look ahead with anticipation, but also be really present right now where I am. We often see you hard at work. So I am curious about what you do in your downtime. What does Mimi do to relax? <laughs> So I love reading rom-coms, just like fun, cutesy rom-coms. I love them. One of my favorite authors, Jasmine Guillory, she follows the tiny tassel, and I probably fangirled so hard over that. (laughs) But I love her books, and I love bike rides around Charleston. I've had just friends and even customers kind of wave and shout at me as I was biking around town, but it's one of my favorite things to do to just get active, but also appreciate our city and enjoy our city. And even tonight, I went out to Folly Beach with a friend and we just went on a walk and enjoyed the sunset and it was so beautiful and peaceful, but my life, I feel like, looks a little different now than a few years ago because if someone asked me that, I would have just said, oh, I work, and I would have thought that was okay. And the last two years, I've intentionally worked on what do I enjoy outside of work? What do I do for fun? What do I like? And I think we have to talk about that more um, as humans, as adults, that we have to spend the time to like re-engage with ourselves and figure out what do we like as an adult? How do we want to spend our time outside of our careers and even outside of our families and relationships? But how do we want to spend time with ourselves? And that's been such a special thing for me. And I don't take it lightly that I get to um, make these choices and find joy in the beach walks and the bike rides and all the things. I really love my life here in Charleston. You have certainly embraced Charleston as your home, but you are not a native. No, I grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and like many people, I visited Charleston in the summers and have some extended family here, and we would come down, go out to the beaches, spend a little time downtown shopping, but it really drew me to the College of Charleston, and so that's what kind of allowed me to put my roots down here, and I lived in Charleston now for 12 years. Wow, can you believe it's already been 12 years? No, it doesn't feel like it. I feel like I'm still just kind of pulling up to the campus ready to like (laughs) load up my freshman dorm. Wow. And you went to the College of Charleston. Tell us about your studies and what your goals were. I majored in corporate communication and my focus was public relations. And I will say my senior year of college, I sat down at my last internship and just thought like, this isn't meant for me. This isn't what I want to do in life. And It was kind of my first pivot in life to figure out, like, what do I actually want to do? What brings me joy? And going to the College of Charleston and attending a liberal arts school was such an incredible thing for me because I came out so well-rounded and not only with the studies, but with the people that I had met, had built relationships with, had networked with. And so that allowed me to move into the retail space. And I'm so grateful for it. I do want to make it very clear, as as fun and beautiful as my life sounds, I am 
very routined. Um, I wake up, I go to work from about 9.30 to 5.30, sometimes 6 p.m. on some days, and I have set work hours. I have some days off during the week, sometimes on the weekend. I'm very clear about taking Sundays off, um, and it allows me to have more margin. It's almost like creating a budget for your finances. Mm -hmm. When you have a budget, you know how much you have to spend on the fun things and the enjoyable things that you'd like in life. And that's how I think about my time. I'm able to structure it and schedule it where if I have to take my first meeting at 9 a.m., then I know, okay, I may wake up a little earlier that morning just to have 10 minutes of quiet time to read a devotional, read a book, or go for a quick walk, or even sit outside on my porch. And I love to just share and encourage others that even when you have a tight schedule, because I know that some seasons in in life are much more hectic, and we don't feel like we have time for fun or enjoyment. But I just really want to encourage anyone that's listening to take the five minutes to just like, sit there, rest your eyes if you can, Mm -hmm. to listen to your favorite song to take a bath if you can at the end of the day like these things to allow us to enjoy our lives don't have to cost a lot um and i think if we're able to find time in our day and set our boundaries um then we're able to find a little more enjoyment in our day and in our life before we bid so long until the next time i want to know if there's anything that you haven't said already that you think people might find interesting about you or helps them get to know the tiny tassel a little better or Mimi a little better? Oh gosh, it's going to sound so cliche, but I always love to have a chance to tell anyone that's listening or reading about our company and especially in the last few years that may have seen it like featured in different articles and things that we are still humans here running Mm -hmm. this small business and I am still a human. Um, I have ups and downs. I have great days and I have low days. And I hope that's just encouragement to anyone out there listening that either is an entrepreneur, wants to be one, that we all are kind of in this together in ways. And there's no special moment where I feel like I've made it and left my past life behind it's like I'm still a daughter a sister an aunt mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that I get to show up in the world in the ways that I do um, and I'm just super grateful that we do get to use the tiny tassel as a really special platform to share more than just cute products but to share our values our beliefs um, and to be able to spread joy through it For this episode of Let's Talk, Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time. Oh,